your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a, we got a spicy episode today. Um, I'm fired up. Tommy's fired up. Lots of injuries for the Blues that we're going to be getting into. Uh, impending suspension for Nazem Kadri that we should be finding out any minute now. So we're going to be getting into that. As well as the scary John Tavares injury last night. I, I think we want to take some time and talk about that as well. Um, and then preview, of course, tonight's huge matchup where the Blues must win game for the Blues. So we'll be getting into all of that. I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Tommy and I, hopefully this weekend, hopefully next week, if the Blues are still still sticking around, uh, to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Tommy, before we get into uh, Blues news and Nazem Kadri and all that fun stuff, um, there there was a play last night that... I think kind of kind of put the sports world on pause for a little bit, and uh, definitely g- caused a reaction uh, out of me for sure. It was was a tough tough thing to watch. Uh, John Tavares really really scary injury. Um, I don't know what were your what were your, I know you said you only watched it once, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I tried to avoid seeing the replays if at all possible because it's just just an absolutely gut wrenching injury uh, to John Tavares, but also like you have to feel for like Toronto fans, right? It's like. It just seems like year after year in the playoffs, like it's, things just don't go their way, and then they have like one of their best like seasons in forever. Austin Matthews is lighting the world on fire, uh, and they come in in game one, right? John Tavares gets absolutely pulverized, and I you have to feel on a, on a completely fluke play, on so. a fluke play, yeah. And I I just think like you hate seeing that kind of thing in this sport, but yeah. with a physical sport like hockey, unfortunately, things like that are going to happen. Uh, from time to time, I don't think I know there was a lot of uh, tweets going around uh, blaming Corey Perry and saying he might have mm-hmm. gone out of his way. I don't think he had any time to react. No. Uh, and the fact that he tried to jump over Tavares at the end of his, I think he saw him at the last second, tried to yep. jump over him uh, and still managed hitting him. I don't I don't think it was Corey Perry's fault by any means. Um, but then Corey Perry having to fight afterwards after incidentally uh, knocking a player like that and sending him to the hospital. I don't know if that's the right. So it's just a whole it's like. It's a little weird. So it's like a whole. And he didn't even throw a punch, which like if I was in that situation, I would literally just I, do the same either. thing and just let the dude wail on me. But like, dude, like just a whole domino of of, of scenarios that just it tugs at your heartstrings and you have to feel for like everybody involved because no matter what fan base you're a part of, nobody likes to see that, and no player likes to see that either. Yeah. On the flip side, I don't remember who fought Corey Perry off the top of my head, but I know there was a quote I that basically Felino? said— Felino? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Felino skated up to Perry and basically said, let's get this over with. Let's get this game moving on. And obviously, like, the fight afterwards was a little weird, but I, I have to imagine that it was a decent way for players on both sides to— get the image out of their head mm-hmm. um, and move on. Because I'll tell you, I don't think I will ever get the image out of my head of, uh, of John Tavares being propped when they, up. And when, then yeah. When they propped him up like over. that, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, I mean, there was a period of time there where I was legitimately thinking to myself that I just watched someone get paralyzed. Um, and 
we talk about it a lot um, regarding the blues and just regarding hockey in general, that every once in a while when you're watching hockey and especially like us, you know, sitting down five days a week recording about hockey, it's so easy to just watch, you know, three or four games a week, read Twitter. And then after that, tune it out. But every once in a while, there's a moment that kind of snaps you back into reality and reminds you that these guys are human beings. And that was a, that was a big one for sure. Um, Seeing Kyle Dubas run down from the press box, you know, immediately jump on the phone looking like he was, you know, terrified out of his mind. It, Panic mode. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, really, really humbling to watch. Um, and so glad that he is out of the hospital. And as of right now, all things are looking like he's he's going to be okay. But that was really, really tough to watch last night. And I just, you know, wanted to, wanted to give our support um, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it almost gives you flashbacks of like the Jay Bo Meester incident against mm-hmm. the Ducks. And like, mm-hmm. obviously uh, with the Blues, they ended up, not continuing that game uh honestly in my opinion i would have liked to see the league step in and say hey uh under these circumstances with both teams involved uh i feel like everyone could take a break right now and postpone the game obviously like everything's on a schedule and like stanley cup playoffs it's a big deal in the hockey world but uh, i think a bigger deal is the health of john Tavares, and not only that but the mental health of the other players you can't expect players to go out like you're talking about they're human beings right they're gonna go out and play the rest of the 40 minutes of a hockey game, right. which at the end of the day is their job, but it's also a game. Uh, and you can't right. you can't thoroughly enjoy a game when one of your teammates, one of your brothers, one of the other players in your league, one of the other members of the NHL Players Association uh, is, to their knowledge, fighting for his life, essentially. Right, right. Yeah, and, and like I said, there was a period of time there where I was legitimately worried that I had watched someone get paralyzed and... You know, I was sitting there probably just refreshing Twitter for half an hour straight being like, please give me some some sort of positive, you know, feedback on him. So I don't have to spend the rest of the night worrying. And that's just me, uh, who's not even a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Haven't watched a second of Maple Leafs hockey this year. I can't even imagine how his line mates, his teammates, his probably best friends. I think his kids were at the game, too. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And, and, And like you said, as much as it is their job and. As much as it probably would have been an impossible task to reschedule a game like that, you know, coming back to these guys are human beings, I cannot imagine being a member of either team and and trying to do anything without flashing back to that. You know, it was terrifying to look at on Twitter on a replay. I can't even imagine being there in person um, and witnessing something like that. You know, I have to imagine his teammates are just spending the whole game like, is he okay? Wanting for these updates. And I'm assuming that they got them. Um, via the medical staff, but still, it, like you said, it, it can't imagine playing 40 minutes of hockey after that. I know he released a statement today, I think on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. basically saying, like, thank you to everybody for all the support, all the prayers. Um, but yeah, so we just wanted to hop on here and say, like, nothing but the best for John Tavares. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. he makes a full recovery, but he'll be rooting them on uh, through thick and thin. So you can't help but pull for the for the Maple Leafs at this point, even if you weren't right. already on the bandwagon, which I kind of was because Austin Matthews is nasty, but mm-hmm. yeah, yep. you got to yep. Absolutely. Him. I mean, for a little bit, for a little bit there, it was, it was really, really scary, but we've had positive updates since then. Um, so it worked out, it worked out better than it could have. Um, but like I said, you know, one of those moments that reminds you that these guys are human and it's important for us to appreciate the work that they put in and, and the risks that they take because, you know, we, we were, like I said, I, there was a period of time there where I thought I just watched someone, 
yeah, ruin their ruin their life over over a hockey game. So it was a humbling experience. Um, but that being said, we do got some Blues hockey to talk about. Um, couple couple injuries that we're gonna get into. I want to talk about the Nazem Kadri hit for sure. I haven't given my thoughts on that yet. Uh, so a lot, a lot of heated discussion coming up. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, as you know, is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. So you definitely got to keep track so you know when they're dropping those. But in the meantime, the classics, you got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can't decide which one you want. You can get yourself a mixed box, which will get you two of each of the nine flavors. So you can have whatever flavors you like. You can share them, pass them around, whatever you want to do. Uh, but my favorite part about Built Bar, the reason why I love them and eat them so much is they are healthy along with being great tasting. Most of the flavors only have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. When we return, we'll be looking at the Blues depleted lineup, how they got there, and, and the implications on the rest of the series with all these injuries. Don't go anywhere. All right, Tommy. So we are currently awaiting news on Nazem Kadri's suspension. The assumption is he will not be back for the remainder of this series, um, five-plus games. But another guy that probably won't be back for the rest of the series is Justin Falk because he was on the receiving end of a nasty headshot from Nazem Kadri. And I don't know, man. Defense is looking ultra-depleted. Two of them go down to headshots last game. I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little frustrated, to say the least. The odds are not great, I'll tell you that right now. But if there was anyone, I talked about this yesterday, but if there was anyone that I had to put money on to come back in a series like this, it would have to be the St. Louis. I mean, the team that goes worst to first mm-hmm. in the entire NHL, everyone had them touted to lose for Hughes, and then they go and absolutely turn it around at the last possible second uh, and win the Stanley Cup. I feel like this is almost like kind of the same scenario you're going up against the superpower team in the Colorado Avalanche and you're down two games and nothing so this is a huge game for the Blues Mm -hmm. Uh, if they can win two games at home you got a brand new series right Right. but we haven't done that statistically this season and they definitely played a much better game away but hopefully the fans opening it up to 9,000 should help with the energy a little bit because that was one of the big things we talked about in the bubble was this Blues team seemed like they were it was, it was a shell of their former selves, right? And I think the fans' energy had a big had, had a big part of that. Jordan Bennington, especially. Uh, so when when the Avs fans were giving him the "Blues, you suck" and all of those things, like I think he feeds off of that. Mm-hmm. So the Blues fans have to come out tonight, uh, give him that same positive energy, uh, and I think we'll see the same performance that we did in Game One. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Game One, sort of a point I want to bring up that that is a little bit of a gripe for me, and and. You know, before I before I get into this, I do I do want to say that I place no blame on the officiating when it comes to the Blues losing the series or anything like that. But I do think it is important to note how I think the Nazem Kadri hit is a result of the precedent that was set with the officiating this year. Um, and now it's probably a little rich for for us Blues fans to say that after after our cup run. But point being, fact of the matter is. Game one, they started letting some stuff go. 
You know, it got chippy at the end there. No penalties called, whatever. That's going to be the precedent for the series. Game two, a lot of bodies getting thrown around, a lot of penalties that could have been called that weren't. You know, players keep towing the line. Players get a little bit more, a little bit more testy, a little bit more risky. And especially when you're up in a series, it's a lot easier to, you know, be testy, be risky, to throw your body around. And then Nazem Kaji goes out there and takes Justin Falk out for the remainder of probably the playoffs, depending on how far the Blues go. And and again, I don't want to say that that's the officiating; uh, it's their fault. But I, I do think that such a hit could have been prevented if if the series was called a little bit tighter. And something I think is important to remember, too, is that before that fall kit happened, uh, Kadri skating around like an absolute idiot and smokes Bozak away from the play, puck nowhere near in sight, uh, and there's no call there. So then I don't know if it was like, oh, I can get away with this. I'm going to go smoke Justin Falk now and see if I can get away with that. But like we talked about, I think the game, the officiating, and the game was out of control because of the lack of officiating. And really at the end of the day, no matter what happens with officials and whether you have bad officials or good officials, agree with the calls, don't agree with the calls, it's the official's job to make sure that the game is in control and that the players stay safe. Uh, and unfortunately, in game two, I think the officials lost sight of that. Right, yeah. And, and I know like back when uh, Naz, Nazem Kadri was on the Maple Leafs and he was getting suspended left and right, um, I watched a lot of like Steve Dangle and his his uh, reviews and stuff, and he talked about Nazem Kadri basically as a guy who is a great hockey player, but every once in a while he he sees red, um, meaning he sees someone's head down, he sees someone whatever, he gets hit and gets pissed um, and wants to go out there and 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 make a play to to you know make a big hit, and I think that we saw that like you said he he goes out he he lays out Bozak sees okay. This is this is what we're getting away with. All right, I'm 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 liking this. I'm liking throwing the body around. Gets a little bit more comfortable. Next thing you know, Justin Falk cutting across the ice, looking down a little bit. He's I, I don't want to say Nazem Kadri is sticking his elbow out trying to hit him in the head, but he's certainly not trying not to hit him in the head. So it's the precedent that I think that at the end of the day, 100 percent of the fault falls on Nazem Kadri. However, could have been prevented if if the penalties were being called a little bit tighter and 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 they weren't they weren't allowed to play so so loosely and violently i guess josh josh get a load of this we got some breaking news oh please tell me please tell me so it's coming out right now it's it's nothing uh to do with cadre oh. yet but it might have to do it might have to do with cadre because blues gm doug armstrong just told the athletics pierre lebrun that the nhl's discipline process needs a look after more injuries with no repercussions. Wow. So I don't know if he's talking about the Jost hit. Uh, I don't know if he's talking about the Kadri hit, and he already knows the outcome of the ruling, and we just haven't heard it yet. But uh, those are very strong words from Doug Armstrong and shades of the New York Rangers yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I wonder if those comments come out if the Rangers don't sort of start the, the tirade against against officiating and you know make, it, make Doug Armstrong feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, cause it sounds like he was, he just went about it a little bit more calculated than, than the Rangers did, but still, I, I, I don't blame him. And I love that. I, I think, again, uh, I think a lot of outside fans might think it's a little bit rich coming from the blues after what, what you could argue we got away with in our cup run. That being said, I, I don't think that this problem ends with the blues. I think that there are a lot of dangerous hits that cause a lot of injuries that players get away with, um, and until the precedent is set, until the league starts cracking down and, and suspending these guys for long amounts of time and, and you know, discouraging these hits, we're going to keep seeing them. Here's the thing, though, too. It's like, and you made a good point about 
uh, it's almost like karma sucks for the St. Louis Blues because that is definitely what everyone called the the Blues being the dirty Blues during the playoff run. And I mean, you talk about the San Jose Sharks having <laughs> couldn't even fill their bench by the end of their series. Definitely feeling like we're on the other end of that uh, as St. Louis Blues fans. But overall, this playoffs you can't even really be mad just because of like the circumstances that the Blues have faced throughout. Uh, the season, much less the playoffs as well. There's been a lot of obstacles to hurdle. But like we said before, I think the Blues are still capable of doing it. They can turn this series around. They just have to win two games at home. It's a brand new series. And I'll tell you what, Tommy, I, I wouldn't count the Blues out yet. I would I would bet on them uh, coming back in this series and making it competitive. But if you want to bet on the St. Louis Blues or anything else in the sports world, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing nhl playoffs are going on and you can track all the action at bet online before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their deep runs into the playoffs fingers crossed Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's literally free money when you sign up using our promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And when we get back, we'll be taking a look at the Blues depleted lineup and where we think that they can have the advantage tonight to come away with a much-needed Game 3 victory. So don't go anywhere. All right, Tommy. Blues roster looking a little depleted. Steve Santini, second line defense, I believe. Um, not something I was expecting to see in Game Three of this series. However, the cards have been dealt for the Blues, and they got they got to play them. What do you think needs to happen for this depleted lineup to come away with a victory tonight? It's kind of difficult to project right now, just because there were so many different defensive pairings skating around a practice that we don't really know. Uh, where those chips are going to fall. Uh, but in my estimation, it would look like Krug Pareko on the first pairing, Scandella Santini on the second, and Vince Dunn coming back into the lineup. He's listed as a game-time decision. Uh, Craig Bruby said he looked great at practice today, so I'm expecting him to play. But I also expected him to play last game, so I could be wrong. But And then Mitch Ranke on the other side. So you got two guys there that are making their debut in the playoffs in Santini and Ranky, And then uh, up top with the forwards, you got Barbashev, O'Reilly, Jordan Cairo on the first line, Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko on the second line. Jaden Schwartz did not practice. They were using Clem Costin as a placeholder for him. I got excited there for a second, man. I thought Costin I know, was... I know. I like seeing Costin's name in that lineup. He was on the ice, too, uh, before last game, wasn't he? He was. He was. And you know what? I'll tell you what. At this point, I don't think they're going to hit that nine-game threshold. Um, I mean, with the way toss things are in. looking, so yeah, why not toss them in? But I guess not. Give us something to cheer about, yeah. But I do think I do think Jaden Schwartz is banged up and is using uh, practices to focus on that instead of focus on his play, which is, I mean, that's fine. Uh, we need to get him healthy. But Hoffman, Bozak, Thomas on the third line, so Thomas moves outside to the wing. Bozak centering. Shen also centering that second line. I don't think we've seen him at center. Uh, in a hot minute, so I think that's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be. But hey, the short be big night for him. Line. That's like that's a throwback. That was a staple, yeah. Yeah, it was a staple for a while. It was our best line for for a good period of time. So hey, maybe they'll maybe they'll reignite some chemistry there. Yeah, get the boys going. Uh, and then we got Clifford, Sanford, and Blay on the fourth line with Bennington and Goal to round out. Yeah, tonight's 
projected, estimated, maybe not going to happen, maybe will happen lineup. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm looking at this lineup, and as much as it's a little, a little, a little spooky, um, especially with the defense, uh, I'm liking some of these forward lines. I'm liking ba- Barbashev, O'Reilly, Kairou a lot. I think that that line can offer those. Each of these three players can offer three very different things, but at the same time, I, I could picture them working together well, pretty cohesively against a Colorado team like this. Um, I've liked Kairu's game a lot this playoff. Agreed. I'm I not think gonna lie. he's definitely elevated his play um, in these playoffs a lot. He doesn't look uh, he doesn't look like a, a rookie in the playoffs out there. You know, making making decisions a little bit slower, et cetera, et cetera. He looks like he belongs. Um, Second on the team in shots last game. Yep, tied yep. with O'Reilly. Yep, uh, O'Reilly is a guy that I think is is due to get going pretty soon as well. But another guy that I think could have a big night is Mike Hoffman. I feel like he's been everywhere. He's had so many chances. He's got himself a one goal. He's got one. One? He should have two, but Nolan Graves said, I don't think so, and made a Superman play at the goal line. So I think he's another guy, especially on that third line. You know, maybe maybe the Avs are a little tired of dealing with the first two lines and don't treat that line with an, as much um, as much attention as they should. But Bozak, Hoffman, Thomas, I still think has the potential to be a really sneaky good line. Um, as we know, Bozak it can be a really good leader for a third line. So... As much as this lineup is depleted and as much as it would look better with with guys like um, Justin Falk in the lineup, um, I, I don't think all hope is lost just yet. Locked on players of the game for tonight's matchup. I think it's an 8.30 start time uh, for St. Louis, 9.30 start time for Josh. Sorry, hate to see it. Better than 10.30. Locked on, better than 10.30, that's for sure. Way better so than locked on, locked on player of the game for me. I think it's too difficult at this point to pick someone on the defense just because there's so many moving parts there. You're missing Justin Falk. You're missing Robert Bertuzzo. I don't know if they're going to be the bright spot for this team tonight, unfortunately. Uh, Might have to rely on Jordan Bennington, much like game one. The 50 shots, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility tonight. Um, So for that, the Blues are going to have to bring some offensive power. And I think... One of the, when we talk about playoff warriors, we talk about guys that can bring offensive skill, talent, can score goals, uh, create plays in the offensive zone, but can also throw the body and make big plays with checks and their physicality. And I think this player uh, did a very good job of that in game one, pretty good job of that in game two. But in game three, back in his uh, preferred position, uh, he's really going to soar and take off. So for that reason, I'm taking Braden Shen as my locked-on player of the game. I think that he's a guy that can really match the energy that this team needs to succeed against Colorado. He sort of epitomizes, I don't want to say two-way player, but he epitomizes you know playing with that edge that I think the Blues need. I'm torn because part of me wants to say Ryan O'Reilly because I think, like he said, like I said earlier, he just hasn't, I don't want to say he hasn't reached that next level, but uh, Production-wise, I think he's definitely a little bit behind where he would want to be in the playoffs, and I think he's been our best player for a while since we've had him. Thirty percent from the dot last game. Yeah, so I think That's he could not definitely. Ryan O'Reilly hockey. No, no, he. I think he could definitely step it up, and I think he knows that. Um, I think he's really fired up to play against his former team in the Colorado Avalanche, and I think he's going to be especially fired up um, as a result of the injuries as well. Um, so I do think Ryan O'Reilly would be a really good choice. I would be tempted to go with Sammy Blay again, even though you picked him last game because of his comments. Um, but I, I think Ryan O'Reilly is a good choice. Another guy that I would I really like is Tyler Bozak in this game. I think he's he's miss he's 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 um, got a good steady head on him. You know, he doesn't get to, doesn't get too heated. Isn't likely to um, succumb to chippiness if this game does get out of hand. Um, and if this does game this he's game been red hot too. Right, right. Plus he's been red hot. Um, had like maybe the best stretch of his career. Uh, in the final 20 or so games of the regular season, uh, and playing with 
Robert Thomas as well um, as Mike Hoffman. I think he he could have a really big night as well um, after the first two lines get all the attention from the abs and maybe maybe the third line doesn't get as much attention. I think Tyler Bozak could surprise some people. But yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, Tyler Bozak, my co-locked on players of the game. If I had to pick another one, I think I'd go Robert Thomas just because he's not playing center tonight. He's playing outside on the wing. So he's not going to have to focus on face-offs and... I don't want to say he's not going to focus. He's not going to have to focus like defensively as much. But when you're in the center of the ice, it's a little more, it's a little more hectic than you are mm-hmm. on the outside. So uh, he can focus a little bit more on creating plays in the offensive zone, shooting pucks on net. I don't think we've seen uh, the best of Robert Thomas in this series by any stretch of the imagination. So it could be a big bounce back night from him as well. Yeah, agreed. I think that that's a good choice as well. Um, but I think. You know, all things considered, there a lot of guys are going to have to step up. Um, Blues were already <clears throat> facing David versus Goliath situation before they faced all these injuries, but now that the roster is even more depleted and they got guys that are making their play their career playoff debuts, and who knows what the lines are going to be, and blah blah blah. The they got their work cut out for them for sure. Um, must win game tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. Can't go down three zero against this team. You can't do that. Running out of time. Can't do that. But on the flip side, a win tonight, two one series, then all of a sudden you got yourself a brand new series, and and game four becomes a must win game. But you got to start tonight. Um, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but but I'm definitely nervous. It, it's I don't I don't want to I don't want to uh, see the team come away with a loss tonight because then it'll make this weekend a little a little rough waiting for that game four. But I have faith. I'm confident. It is going to be rough. I, I no matter what happens, I feel like. For the St. Louis Blues, it's going to be rough tonight. Even if we win, uh, it's still it's still going to be rough because we're going to be on pins and needles the entire time. But it's never rough with you guys. So thank you so much Aww. for tuning in to the Locked On Blues podcast. It's never rough with you, Josh. Either I love Aww. you, buddy. Thanks, Tommy. You can follow us, subscribe to us on any platform you get podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter and Locker Room at twelve or fifteen. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. Two games at home. Let's give the fans something to cheer about. As always, let's go Blues.